Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Thank you so much. And let's just start with a word of prayer, if that's okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you for this opportunity, O Lord, to be in your presence. We thank you for those who are tuning in online, that you are there with them as you are here with us, O God. Thank you, Lord, for what the word you're going to bring, O God. And we believe, Lord God, that there will be freedom today in this house in Jesus' name. We believe that you're going to change hearts. We believe you're going to save today. And we believe that you're going to open our eyes, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Thank you. And... Yes, thank you, Lord, for a great day. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So um, at the beginning of this year, um, as I normally do at the beginning of the year, I was asking God in prayer um, for a word for the year. Um, And I actually learned this from Becky Lewis's small group. Shout out to the Becky Lewis small group girls. (laughs) And she always encouraged us to seek God, seek the face of God for a word. Um, And I did, and I did, and I remember it was January prayer and fasting, um, so, you know, it was a nice, solemn time to do that. And I remember when I felt I heard the Lord giving me my word, and I was so excited because I thought, 10 times greater, this is going to be amazing, this is going to be exciting, and the Lord told me to trust, and that was my word. The Lord just said, trust, and I thought, Try again, Lord. No, no. I just, you know, I remember I was in my room, I was praying, I was like, no. <laughs> and that, that I just continued to fight that word for the week until I just knew, you know, when you know God is sending you people, God is sending you words to say, look, this is what I'm saying. But I wanted a word like a Nigerian church billboard <laughs> advertisement. And if you know what I'm talking about, so Nigerians, if you've been... <laughs> <laughs> So we are expressive people. We are, I wouldn't say dramatic, but expressive. (laughs) We are religious. And you know, if you're someone who's been to Nigeria, you know that we have billboards to advertise um, services and to advertise prayer meetings and churches. And it would say something like, your year of divine promotion and unprecedented acceleration. Or something like, enter into the holy of holies. Glory awaits, you know? (laughs) And I was like, Lord, this is what I wanted. And the best, the one that took the biscuit for me. This went viral, actually. It went viral. Give me a spouse or I die. (laughs) I don't know whether that was a prayer meeting or a seminar. I don't know what they were going to do there. (laughs) But yeah, that one went viral. So, you know, this is the kind of word I was looking for. (laughs) Um, But no, the Lord said trust. So today we're going to talk about trusting in the Lord. And that is the title of today's message. Um, Fine. So starting with the, the, the anchor text, it's taken from Proverbs 3, chapter 5 to 8. And this is one that many of us know. Um... And I think one of my favorite scriptures as well. So Proverbs 3, verses 5, 5 to 6, actually. Okay, so it reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I'll just read it again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, I looked up the definition of trust. It's a good place to start. And trust is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, or the ability of someone or something. So a firm belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. So I'm, um, I work in a GP surgery, I'm a doctor, and in the medical profession, um, you know, when you're trying to make a recommendation perhaps um, to a patient of a good doctor that they can see, you would usually, you know, based on their credentials, based on their qualifications, maybe their bedside manner, their experience, and you normally say, okay, this is a good doctor, you know, you see this person. And even as colleagues, you'd refer, you know, to a good doctor, right? Someone who's got that experience and someone that you feel like you can trust. Same with equipment. So when we're, if, you know, if, if um, an operation is going to take place or a procedure, the equipment, the machinery has to be tested, right? To be, and it's either condemned or said, you know, it's bad or it's good and it's good to go. You can use it. Um, and just taking it out of that into just normal everyday life. You know, if you're going to eat a sandwich or have a meal, and someone says, no, don't eat it, it's bad, you don't eat it. And I say all these things to say that as human beings, we generally put our trust in what we see as good, right? If it's good, we can trust that. If it's something that is, you know, people are warning us of or it's, it's, it's said to be bad, we don't want to rely on that, we don't want to trust that. And even, it's, it's innate, even babies get this, you know, if, the, if something appears pretty and, you know, colorful and nice, they will gravitate towards this thing or this person. It's seen as good, right? So the key theme for today is that we can only trust God with all our hearts if we believe that he is good, right? So... This scripture that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, sometimes I'd read that and I think, all my heart? And then God began to, began to speak to me and say, look, start by believing that I am good and that I am for you and that all my plans for you are good, that I'm speaking good things over you, that from the, your mother's room I knew you and I had good plans and intentions for you. And then that becomes easier to trust. Amen. And I believe that's God's word for everyone today, in Jesus' name. You know, Pastor Jay said recently in a sermon, and it really resonated with me, he said, why would I trust a God who I don't believe has my best interest at heart, who I don't believe wants to give me all good things, who I don't believe wants to heal me of my diseases? Why would I put my trust in this God who may or may not be interested in my joy, in my peace, in, in seeing my, me for full purpose in this life, I wouldn't put my trust in that God. But thank God, that is not our God. That's not the version of God. This is, our God is good. The Bible says no one is good but God, and his plans for us are good. Everything we see as good in the world, it, comp it compares as nothing to the goodness of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So trusting God 
is centered on knowing his character and his ability. So when we strengthen ourselves to, to get to know God, to get to truly know his character, we get to that point where even, even the words we hear, the conversations we have with people, we hear something and we, we think, no, we reject that because it doesn't line up with the character of the God that we know. So when we, we watch things on TV, we have colleagues or people just speaking into our lives, you don't have to say, I rebuke you out loud. <laughs> But in your heart, you're saying, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> because you know that that does not line up with the good God I know. I know God. Amen. And then on the flip side, when we hear words that give us life, that are from, from, you know, inspired by the word of God, no matter who it might be coming from, we receive that and our spirits are quickened. We're stirred up by that. Um, because we know that, yes, this is the character of God and this is his heart towards me. Amen. So God is good and God can be trusted. Amen. And there's so many examples in the Bible, but I wanted to look at one today. And, he, and this is <laughs> the story of David and Goliath. So this is a, a, a Sunday school favorite, um, but I'm not read, we're not going to read the whole um, chapter it's taken from 1 Samuel 17, but I would encourage people to read it at home because it's just a great story and there's so many nuggets there. Um, so this part, uh, for context, um, Goliath is the giant, he's the enemy, and he had been taunting the people of Israel, God's chosen people, and challenging them, um, you know, come and fight me, you know, that's basically the gist of it. And David... Um, then, you know, has this following conversation with the king of Israel. So starting from verse 33, 1 Samuel 17, verse 33 to 37, Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will only be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Amen. David trusted in God because David knew his God. He heard in the story, the amazing thing is that David wasn't even supposed to be there. He was just walking past carrying out an errand, and he heard what sounded like this was against God. It, you know, his spirit must have rejected that, that who is this Goliath? Because the Bible said he was, you know, taunting them and taunting their God. And David heard that, and he just thought, no. And I love the simplicity with which he reasoned that, no, he's done it for me before, and he will do it for me this time. 
And David was a teenager. And I think sometimes there's beauty in a bit of naivety and not knowing life because you don't begin to talk yourself out of things. And we do that, isn't it, as adults. But he just saw the situation like for like. God did this before and he will do it again. Amen. So we're all on this journey of trust and perhaps today, just like me at times, there's still a part of you, part of, part of your heart that does not trust God fully. You trust God, you pray, you're a Christian, you serve God, you love God. But maybe there was that disappointment. Maybe there was that death, painful. Maybe there was that broken relationship. Maybe there was that broken marriage. And you're struggling to trust him fully. With all our hearts, the word says. That's a big, big statement. So for some people, it's that particular area of disappointment that has made them see God in a different light. And I've been there as well. And you'd be encouraged to know that if that's you today, you're not alone because David himself had been there many a time. We see through the Psalms, Psalm 27 verse 13 It says, that's one of my favorite Psalms, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He himself said, I would have lost it. I would have lost hope if I had not remembered that I will still see the goodness of God. And I want to encourage us today that no matter how you feel, whether it's little trust or full trust, that you can get back to that place of trusting God completely because he is good. Outside of him, everything that we see as good is pale in comparison. David acknowledged how we can lose heart when we lose sight of God's goodness. And as I was pondering this topic of trust and trusting in the Lord, I realized that this is actually at the crux of salvation. It it goes deep. It's it's, it's this foundation of everything. You know, at the fall, you know, Eve was made to question the goodness of God. That's how the enemy operated. And even today, in in terms of choosing, you know, to be saved, choosing life, choosing to, to accept Jesus, there's that thing in us that sometimes says, but why would a good God? You know, the age old question. Why would a good God, when we're evangelizing, we're going to be talking about evangelizing on March 18th. And this this comes up even for unbelievers. I remember having a conversation with um, a friend who had recently been saved. Um, And so she was so excited and she was sharing her faith with colleagues, with friends, with um, her partner as well. And she said, Lamide, I noticed, I've made this observation that most people, well, I wouldn't say most, but often people that say they don't believe in God, they actually do believe in God. They just don't believe that he's good. They just don't believe he's the version of the God that they feel that he should be. You know, you can't ask the question, why would a good God, if you don't believe in the existence of a God, right? So this is the foundation of everything because we, we, we find it difficult to see the goodness of God. So it, even at the crux, at the choice of choosing him and rejecting him, it comes down to, can I trust that he is good? So we need to be 
that we need, to, we need to understand as the church, as believers, that he is good and show that goodness to the people around us who are asking the same questions. That is this God good? Why would a good God? So as I leave us with that particular notion and get back to it, I want us to go through a couple of keys, a couple of, um, or four keys to be precise, to trusting God so that we can see, we can begin to see that God is good and how we can begin to see that God is good and as a result, begin to trust him with all our hearts. Amen. So, the first point today is draw from the word of God. That's the first point. And I don't think I'll be saying anything that we've not heard before, but maybe just placing it in a different context today. Draw from the word of God. The word of God is the character of God. Now, David didn't have a word to draw from back then. I mean, they had written scrolls. They had stories of, you know, what God had done. They had, you know, oral stories. They would tell each other and pass it from generation to generation. And even from this, David was able to know that this is the God of angel armies that we're talking about. So when Goliath came and began to challenge the Israelites, he remembered, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm. This is the God that did this. This is the God, you know, the Israelites still probably celebrated um, the exodus, you know, the, the escape from Egypt. He remembered, he knows all these things. So for us today, what we have is the word of God to draw from. Um, you know, we learn as we're growing up, read your Bible, pray every day, but really and truly, we only know the word of God by reading, our, reading the word. So we only know God by reading the word of God. Um, and a Sunday is great, but when we really, we really look through the stories of the Bible and what he says about himself, we begin to know that this is God and this is not God. And we begin to see him as a good God, despite situations. The Bible shows that not all circumstances are good. The Bible shows that it's not because you're a believer that everything will be good, but that he is good, right? Hallelujah. And that's what we'll begin to see when we, when we read those stories of the Bible and, and we get to understand the, the nature of God. Psalm 37 verse 23, is one, Psalm 37 verses 23 to 25, and that's this great psalm filled with promises. And it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or begging for bread. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Can we just give it up to Jesus today? I have never seen the godly abandoned or begging for bread. This is an example of a word of God's heart towards his people. That he, that he directs the steps of the godly. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Proverbs 3 verse 5, the scripture we just read, it says that he will direct our paths. And isn't a lot of navigating this life that we live in. It's, it's this Lord direct my path. You know, we, we, we cannot 
I cannot navigate this life by myself. You know, we have choices to make every day little ones, big ones that have everlasting, sometimes long-term consequences. But God says that he will direct our steps. All we do is trust him. All we do is acknowledge him in all that we do. When we, when we are faced with challenges, we remember words like this, that he has promised that he will bring us out from the valleys to the mountaintops. Yes, there will be valleys, but he will bring us out, that he will straighten our path. So in times of confusion, in times where, you know, we don't, we don't the path is unclear, that he will straighten the path for us, that he will open doors of favor, where we're not supposed to find favor, God will begin to open those doors for us. That he will give us the wisdom that we need. James chapter one, I believe, says that if we ask him for wisdom, he gives us freely. You know, these words in the Bible, they, they, they give us the audacity sometimes to just ask God because he said it. They give us that confidence to, to do and to act in his will, in, a, in accordance to his will. He has said that he will restore the years that have been stolen. And perhaps that's the word for somebody today, that he will restore the years, amen, that have been stolen. Amen. The second point today, and that's even more, I think that's the kind of crux of this story, is to draw from previous victories. Yes. And that's exactly what the, the teenager David did. He didn't really think, well, I don't know, I wasn't there, I wouldn't say he didn't think, but this whole conversation was just, it, I'm just in awe of how in the matter of minutes he saw the situation and he remembered that God has delivered me from the lion and the bear. And because he's delivered me from the lion and the bear, how much more this uncircumcised Philistine. Um, I remember an example came to mind because I was asking God, have I... Have I had this kind of experience? And sometimes we can have a lion and the bear moment and we don't realize that that's the moment until later, if that makes sense. So something happens to us and then years later, we realize why we had faith for that situation. It's because God had shown himself before. So um, as I said, I'm a, I'm a GP now, but I did years and years um, in the hospital. And um, those were hectic, those were demanding, draining. We had on-call shifts, uh, but now, thank God, God has set me free from on-call. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing all I'm doing if, if, I, if I was still doing that. You know, we'd work weekends, and it was, it was a heavy rotor, but I did enjoy it. And I remember when I was a junior doctor, so this is someone fresh from university, not much practical experience, and it's crazy if you think about it, we're just kind of released onto the wards and uh, as doctors. <laughs> so um, I remember one of my first on-call shifts, and it's dark. So you know, some people don't know the hospital gets dark at night, and it gets quite creepy <laughs> because there are not many people. The staff, you know, at night, it's not, it's, it's at night, so people go home. It's just like one doctor, you know, for this whole building, and then the colleague closest to you is in another building, and you're all sort of paging each other. So that's how it is. And I remember this was my first on-call shift, and I was called to a sick elderly patient, and I was asked to set the IV line. 
Um, and this is something that we learn to do at university, it's fine. But he was quite sick, and sometimes it's quite difficult. Just like, you know, sometimes you can't get the blood, you know, if you're somebody drawing blood. It just depends. So I tried twice, and I failed. And I just remember I was trembling. I used to tremble all the time. I'm just remembering <laughs> my first year of being a doctor. I just used to <laughs> just tremble. <laughs> so I remember I started praying. And I said, God, just help me. I didn't see anyone in the, in the vicinity that I could ask. Looking back now, I probably could have found someone, but they might have been doing something else, doing an emergency, doing something else. So I remember, you know, walk, wandering into the corridor. I don't really know what I was hoping to find. <laughs> just, you know, maybe an angel. So I just, I remember walking into the corridor, and I just see this angel, you know, coming, a person, coming towards me. <laughs> not a real angel. She was coming towards me. And I just, I didn't even introduce myself. I don't think. I said, please just come and help me. This cannula, I don't know how to do it. And she just looked at me a bit puzzled. She was definitely a senior colleague. And then she took it, the, the tray from me and then she went and then she did it. She did it in a couple of minutes <laughs> and showed me up. <laughs> um, but then God brought that example to me. And I realized that throughout my career till now, every time I'm in a situation, I always believe that God will either give me the ability or send me help, always. And I realized that this was even at an unconscious level. I didn't even acknowledge this at the time. And I would see patients and I'd be in a difficult fix or I'd be in an emergency or I'd be trying to decide, do I send them to hospital? Do I do this? Do I do that? And I always knew that the answer would come. I always knew that the answer would come. And people would ask me that. How, you know, how is it to be a doctor? It must be so this challenging. And it is. And sometimes, just like David, your confidence in God can even come across as just being arrogant and self-assured. But it's not. It's just this quiet, confident peace that actually everything will be okay. And I realized that in my area of work, in my profession, I trust God completely because of that situation, because of that encounter, as insignificant as it might have seemed. And God was telling me that with the same trust you trust me in this area, there are other areas that you just think, mm, I'm not sure about God. I'm not sure, you know, if you feel if God is going to be a bit mean or if he's going to just play a trick on me in this area. And I believe God is telling us all today that let's look back, let's dig deep for those encounters that were our lion and bear encounters, no matter how small they might have been. And you might be someone here today who says, well, I'm not really walking with God. I don't have those moments. But you have good things in your life. You have things that God has blessed you with. They say, write down, a, write a gratitude journal. Just, just I want to encourage us, write them down. It could be a person. Your list could be short. But there are things that you're grateful for that the Lord has blessed you with. You know? There are people that you can look back and say, okay, yes, you know, I may not believe in God at this very moment, but yes, this was a good thing. This was a good person. And when we begin to look back at those moments, that, that helps us to see that perhaps this God has actually been better or good to us more than we had thought. Amen. So this, 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 this was my line and the bear experience. So firstly, we draw from the word of God. We draw from previous victories. And also, I didn't actually finish the story because 
When I was leaving the hospital last year, I found out the ident- this person, this doctor that had helped me, and realized that she had a really bad reputation and she was really mean, quote unquote. <laughs> and she was those, one of those doctors that made other doctors cry. And, <laughs> and she was, you know, hierarchical and there's a, a bit of that in, in the medical field. And for me to just say, it's like, you know, saying your boss's boss to just help you with your task and she just did it. And, you know, it just showed me that even your enemies will be at peace with you. Even your enemies will be at peace with you. Amen. And that is a word for, I believe that's a word for someone today, that even the situation that is like your enemy that is working against you, it will align for you. Your enemies will be at peace with you. And people will say, how come you got that favor from this person or from that situation? Because God is on the throne for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So my third point today is talk to God. David was, we can see he was a talker. Through the Psalms, he expressed himself to God. He, 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 he showed God and told God what was on his mind. He, didn't, he did it in such a way that we can emulate in that. He, he would often pour out to God and then come back to the point of, the character of God, and I'm not going to stay here, but I'll bring myself up and strengthen myself in the Lord, and remember that though I feel this way, I know that God is good, that God can be trusted, and that he is good. He, there was this particular story of a battle um, in the Bible that he fought, and it tells us that You know, everyone was coming at him. They were attacking him afterwards. This this was probably the worst experience of his life. He thought all his family had been taken and been into captivity. And one amazing verse that we read in that scripture is that David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I'm so challenged by that because how many times do we strengthen ourselves in other people? So we go to our friend, we go to this person. And obviously, you know, we have people around us to strengthen us. But what about God? What about going to him first with those feelings, with those fears, with those grievances as well? You know, if we're talking about trust today, trusting in his goodness. I know for personally there were times that I didn't feel I could trust his goodness completely. Um, and I remember that it was going to him with that. That was the beginning of the journey of getting back to that place of trust. You know, when we feel that we're out of, a bit out of sync with the Lord and we're, we're, not, we're not where we feel like we should be, our feelings towards God or our thoughts towards God are not, you know, what I'm describing here. It's okay. God is welcoming us all and he wants us to speak to him about these things and, and draw from his word and get back to where he wants us to be in that position of strength again, in Jesus' name. Amen. And the last point today, just four points, hopefully memorable, hopefully simple, is choosing daily. This one, you know, it almost sounds a bit cliche when I got, when I got this point. I thought, well, isn't that just stating the obvious? But waking up in the morning and resolving that I will trust God. And, you know, it's funny because I did that today. I just thought, you know, I cannot do this in my own ability. I will trust God. Um, and there's something about, you know, 
if you go for a therapy session or psychology or something, they'll say self-talk. So speaking to yourself, echoing, you know, le letting your ears hear the words, you know, the affirmations that come out of your mouth. And it's even a bit of a worldly thing. But it started in the Bible first, you know. When we, when we say, David used to say, I speak to my soul, you know. So when we, when we choose daily and we say that I will trust God, we may not believe it fully the first day, the second day, the third day, but let's continue and let's engage with that. And we have a spirit on the inside of us. We're not just flesh, we are spirit. And that spirit begins to hear that, begins to align with what we are saying. Oftentimes we speak and then we believe. We don't necessarily believe it before we speak it. So I just want to encourage us that wherever you are at on the trust kind of scale, Let's, 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 let's choose to trust God daily. To believe that God's word is true, despite what looks like failure. When we may be confused, when it seems like there is delay, when it seems like the waiting has been long and you've been praying for the same thing again and again and again. Let's not stay in a place of weariness because that's where we can be taken out. Let's, let's rise again with the Lord. And if we don't know where to start, I pray that these steps will help us as we open our word and get an, get an understanding of who this God is. You know, God wants to meet us where we are and he wants us to know the truth about him. You know, and when we pray these things, I'd encourage us to even pray, God, help me to see you as you are. Let me see you in the lens of you are good and therefore I can trust you, you know? And I just pray that as we do that, we'll be able to confidently spread that to the world around us, that people would ask, what is it about you? And as I close today, I just want to go back to the cross. I want to go back to the point of salvation. I mentioned earlier that it's the difference between accepting Jesus and rejecting Jesus. Um, and I, I want to just highlight that when we begin to understand the story of salvation, the whole story, we can see that God had a plan from the beginning and that plan is, was always good. Even when we failed, he made, a, Pastor Sally said today, an escape plan. And it's funny because she didn't even know what I was preaching on, but that there has been an escape plan for all of us from the beginning, that God is saying, I don't want you to live this life alone. This life is too tough. This world is too tough. And in the words of uh, Peter, the disciple, when Jesus asked, well, will you leave me as well? He said, to whom else shall I go? There is no, there is no one else that is good. There is no, you know, these situations are bad. Things might not seem great for us at the moment as disciples, but there is life with you. There is life with God. And I want to just encourage us today that maybe we're thinking of an alternative or maybe we're not even, you know, we're just still exploring, we're still searching. Even my own testimony, I, I you know, I, I, I became saved, saved, as I call it, when I was at university. university. Even though I'd always been a Christian, I'd always been going to church, but there is something about when you begin to understand, again, as I was saying, the character and the true nature of God, and you begin to grow in a relationship with Him.
And I remember one of the main things that drew me into this faith, into this deeper into this faith was seeing people who trusted God that were like me same age same you know dressed like me but there was a confidence there was an air of confidence there's a there's a there's a tranquility that I realized that even though I'm a Christian I didn't exactly have and they would smile often people say Christians we just like to smile we like to smile and it's not in a cheesy way but they had something that was like an, an assurance of what could not be seen. So I just want to encourage all of us that the world has nothing to offer, nothing to offer compared to what the Lord has to offer you today. The situation may be ugly, but trust me, it will be uglier without God. It will be uglier without God. So wherever you might be at, you may say, you know, I've tried this God thing, but look at what still happened. But what I want to encourage us with is that God's word is true. That he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Circumstances may be bad. Situations may be tough. But let's remember to lean. Let's remember it's the character of God that we're depending on. Not, not, not what we can see but that there is a God. And I, I wanted that assurance. I wanted that rest that I saw these friends and co- um, university colleagues operating in. And I began to look into Jesus and, 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 and engage more. And to God be the glory, began to grow. So I just want to encourage us today that maybe that is you. Maybe you're at the start of a journey. Maybe you've been a Christian before. Maybe you're new to this. I, I just, we, we can't leave today without just saying that. Would you come into the family of Jesus? Would you allow yourself to cast your burdens on someone who is greater than yourself, that is greater than your family members, your friends, that is the only one that we can rely on? He's the only one that can direct our paths. The best version of man could not be God. So as we bow our heads today, and close our eyes. I'd like to suggest today that maybe if, if, if God is someone you've been running from or maybe you've been rejecting him, could it be that this is what has led to the most pain, the most calamity, the most anxiety, the most depression, the low days? Maybe it's the absence of Jesus. The Bible says that he stands on the door, knocking at the door of our hearts. No matter where we have been, no matter what we have done, no matter what we have said, he's knocking and he says, come today, you can trust me. I am good, so you can trust me. We may not understand the whole picture, but the Lord says today that I am good and you can trust me. So if that's you today, and there is something stirring inside that wants to accept that Jesus is good, that he is for me, that wants to walk this this journey of life with, with the Lord. If you could just raise up your hand, just high enough for me to see. And then you can put your hand down again. that Jesus is the God who can be trusted and that he's a good God.
that he's welcoming you today. Online as well, anyone who wants to accept Jesus, just indicate even if no one's there with a hand up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for salvation today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. If we could all say the prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you demonstrated this love to me by dying on the cross for me. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you and by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I choose to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'd just like to pray for another group of people, um, and that might well be everybody else here, for the grace to trust the Lord. I pray for an inner revelation that God is good, and it doesn't matter how long we've been saved for. If you engage with this, you can just pray, as I just pray on, you don't have to repeat it, as I just pray on the congregation and everyone at home. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God, for this word that has come today. We thank you, Lord God, because you have shown us that you are good, that you have not changed, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray, Father, for the hearts that are not sure that they have been through pain, that they have been through disappointment. I pray for those whose family members are not here, but they should be, but they're not here because they're disappointed. They're not here because they're in pain, because they're not, they don't know that they can trust you. I pray, Lord God, that there will be a softening of hearts, Lord God, of all of us and all those connected to us that will begin to understand and to, to see and to know that you are good in Jesus' name, that you will open our eyes, that, that, that where, we have been, where we have been deceived, that you're not, you're not interested in us, that your best interest is not for us. Whether it's ourselves or our family members, I pray, Lord God, that that will be shattered, that that perception, that false perception will be shattered today. And Lord God, for all of us here, and I just, I just have a heart for those who are waiting on the Lord as well for a spouse. I pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that they, will not be, that they will not begin to see you as a God who is mean or wicked. That even though that there is a bit of a delay, that those who are waiting on you and looking for you, to you for a spouse, that they will see you as good and they will trust you in this journey. That they will hold your hands, hand in hand, on this journey as you navigate and make straight their paths. That they will believe that you have good plans for them and that you're not delayed, your timing is not the timing of men. In Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, because there is an, a grace for trust that is coming upon every person in this room, everyone under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. 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 Amen.